0: first Genesis 1 1 through 2 <clears throat> Nobody really needs a Bible to quote this scriptures In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was out form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters And next if you could turn to Ephesians 3 through 20 Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power that worketh where? In us. If you would, let's all lay your Bibles down. Let's give the Lord praise one more time and just thank him, ask for his anointing. God, we praise you tonight, we glorify you. Lord, we ask that you just come forth tonight, Lord, just be in your word. We know your word is already anointing, God. I ask that you just come upon us tonight. Lord, just anoint me, God. I am nothing without you, and I need your presence more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'd like to title this, Immeasurable. (coughs) Definition of the word immeasurable means incapable of being measured, broadly, indefinitely, extensive. Any of y'all ever heard of the Hubble telescope? You ever heard of that? The Hubble tel- telescope launched into orbit 1990. It can see out to a distance of several billions of light years. I got a water, bottle. A light year is the distance that light travels in 1 year. Since light has a speed of 186,000 miles per second, Light can travel about seven times around the entire Earth in one second. That's pretty quick. Light travels about 5,865,696,000,000 miles in just one year. How far do you drive to work every day? You can attach nine more zeros to the end of this to get one billion light years and another one for 10 billion light years. The farthest that the Hubble Telescope has seen so far is about 10 to 15 billion light years away. 10 to 15 times that. In 2010, the JEOL Transmission Electronic Microscope model became operational. This microscope makes it possible to watch nanoparticles behave one atom at a time. Anybody know what an atom is? What's an atom? the basic building blocks of everything. Nanoparticle is a microscopic particle whose size is measured in nanometers. A nanometer, one billionth of a meter. Put that in perspective, a human hair is equal to about 100,000 nanometers. So, this microscope makes it to see atoms on nanoparticles. So, As human beings, we love to know how things work. We love to dig in and and analyze stuff. Nathan, he's only 10 months old. You give him anything, put it in his hand, it's new, he's just fascinated, he's looking at it. He wants to see how it ticks, what makes it work, how he can tear it apart. It's, It's programmed into us. I didn't teach him that. It didn't have to be taught, it was natural. We take our telescopes, our microscopes, we can explain things, we can explain you know how reptiles reproduce. Uh, how a car starts a combustion engine. We can talk about how you know the drum makes sound and how our eardrum receives that sound through ear ear waves and hits our eardrum. And and if your eardrum doesn't work, they can put a uh, uh, cochlear implant in your hair in your in your head. You can you can hear artificially. You can. Uh, you can learn anything you want, and now, these days, you can, you can Google anything you want. Looked on my way uh, here before we left, I can tell you, within about two seconds, I looked up. This church is 38.9 miles away from my house, roughly 49 minutes by car and regular traffic, 10 hours by foot. So, if I wanted to come here for tonight's service, I would have had to have left last night, because it would have taken me longer than 10 hours. But no matter how powerful the telescope or how minute the object that we can see with a microscope, we cannot measure a miracle. We can measure everything and we love to measure. We like to take things and analyze it and see what's going on with it and how did it wind up like this and and this, that, and the other. We can't measure a miracle. Everything that we see, oh, that door is this wide. Well, this is 40 inches, that door is 38. Let me think about this for a minute. I'm gonna have to trim this, turn it this way. We love to just, just process everything but we cannot measure a miracle. You cannot explain that out of nothing that all of a sudden, sudden something happens. When God said, let there be light, bam, there was light. It was no big bang and cosmos and all this. God said it and it happened. That's it. I can't explain it. I'm just going to believe it. And we got to get to the point where it says it doesn't matter if I believe it anymore. I, if I understand it, if it makes sense, I'm just going to believe it and roll on. Come on. Right. Amen. Come on. And though we need substance to create, God needs nothing to create. He needs nothing. Some of y'all might be in here tonight and say, well, I, I don't have much to give God. My life's so messed up. I, just, I have so little. You know what? If you've got little, you've already got too much because God don't even need that much. Whatever you've got a little of, you can throw that away because He can take less than that and He can make something out of it. You can measure everything in this world, but you cannot measure a miracle from God. God can do it just because of who He is. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what science says. God can do it just because who He is. God's ways are not our ways. And since he can't, he can't be explained, many people want to reject him. Scientists, they can't explain him. They don't understand him, so they just reject him. That's false doctrine. That's hocus-pocus. It doesn't make sense. We can't explain it. It doesn't add up on a math board, so it doesn't exist. That's what this world is thinking these days. We can so know so much about creation, how plants grow, how uh, plants grow osmosis, everything, but never know the Creator. To truly know God, you must rely solely on faith. He doesn't compliment on belief, but rather than faith. He doesn't doesn't compliment you and say, good job, you believe on me. He compliments on faith. In the ninth chapter of the book of Matthew, he told the woman with the issue of blood. She came to him, she reached for his garment. Why'd she reach for his garment? Because she had an issue. She was sick, she'd been to all the doctors. In the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, the blind man, the same thing. They came to him because they had a need. But what was the first thing he said to them? Thy faith has made thee whole. Not because you believed in me, but you had faith that I could do anything. And we need to be a church today that says, you know what? I don't need to believe in everything, but you know what? i got faith that you can do everything, God. That I, I can't measure the miracle that you're going to perform in my life, but... I don't need to measure it. It don't need to make sense in my head. I'm still gonna believe it. Right. We've gotten to the point where we bring our measurement mentality into church. Everything has to make sense these days. Yeah. We've got to sing our couple songs, and then we've gotta, you know, do our little offering. I'm not saying that stuff is, is negated. It has to be done. That that's there's order in God's house. But we they've sung three songs, it's time to get on with the sermon. He's, Brother Sammy's been up there preaching 30 minutes. It's time to go. When all we're doing is measuring, it's got to fit to my specifications because this is right here. We got to do it our way. God, is, it's, it's not right unless it fits into this little, this little perfect pouch for me. The Apostle Paul, he was an educated man, but it took blindness for him to truly know what God was. I don't care if you've got a theology degree, a bachelor's degree in science. None of that matters. When it comes to your your time to be toe-to-toe with Satan, and you're at your wit's end, that degree isn't going to do you anything. It's the man who's got the faith that says, I've got my foot on the rock. I've got my foot on the rock. Because what I learned in science class isn't going to get me through this storm. But my foot on the rock, that's what's going to do it. You can believe. You can have great faith. I've got the answers when the doctors can't explain when the x-ray come back to negative. When the bill was paid, when the bank account was in the negative. When the need was met, when all hope was lost. I've got the answer. It's five little letters. J-E-S-U-S. What's his name? Jesus. What is it? That is the only name that's going to carry you through. When nothing else matters, you can't measure him, You can't fit them into a box. You can't make him line up with the world's history and how they explain it and how it's supposed to go with Big Bang and all this. He is the only source that we have to get us through the storms. That name is the solution to every problem you're ever going to have. Back a few years ago, Pretty much everyone in here remembers Bishop Carl Angle. Me and Jamie, he was very dear to both of us. We went and saw him when he was in hospice. It was his, either the night before he died or two nights before. We went to visit him and went in there and he was just, he was very tormented. He just was very restless, he couldn't sleep. The nurses said he hadn't slept in a couple of days. My heart poured out. God, this is your servant. He's lived for you. He just wants some peace. And all he was saying, God, I still got work to do for you. His soul wasn't in torment because he was afraid of death. God, I've still got work to do for you. I've still got work to do for you. wasn't very long afterwards, Brother Darrell came in and brought his guitar. Check my story after service. We started to sing about that precious name and Brother Carl went to sleep, and there was such peace that came into that room. This world has no idea the peace that's in that name. When all else fails, when the drugs don't work, the addictions have you broken, there's something about that name. There's something about that name. They're not going to be able to explain it. It doesn't make sense. But when you cry out the name of Jesus, you would mentioned earlier that You can't remember your life without the Holy Ghost. I can remember mine without the Holy Ghost. I don't ever want to get back into that. Once I found Jesus, or once I let him find me, I can't go back. There's no sweeter name. We've gotten to the point where we bring our measurement mentality into the church. Everything's got to make sense to us. We need to take the measuring tape and throw it out the door. And realize there are no limits to God. So there's not going to be any limits to my praise. If there's no limits to Him, there shouldn't be any limits to praise. If we take our measuring tape, this thing goes out to 25 foot. Get pretty much to our end of it. There's nothing left. And we think, well, that's all we can measure. It's time that we go beyond that tape and go beyond what we can see in our own two eyes and say, you know what? I, don't, I can't see past tomorrow because my measuring tape only goes this far. But I know, God, you're past, past the point of no return. You're past the point of where I see what makes sense. So I'm going to praise you. That's right. yeah. Psalms 34 and 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. When? All times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We measure everything in this life from the size of our house to the size of our car to what we wear to how much we got in our wallet to, to what we had for dinner, what our babies are wearing to, uh, you know what, my church is bigger than yours. I've got a bigger congregation. It's always measurements, measurements, measurements. We just we're, we, It's drilled into our head from day one that everything's got to fit and it's got to make sense. And, and just that's the human mentality. If it don't make sense, then I can't have nothing to do with it. David could have easily looked at how big Goliath was. He could have pulled out the tape measure and said, All right, I'm this tall. Goliath's that tall. That don't make sense. That don't make sense. His spear is this big. They they, they go through all the measurements in the Bible. They tell you how big his spear is, how, how much the head of his... Spear weight, I think it was 15 pounds, his helmet, and this, that, and the other. Even Saul said, hey, try this, this armor. See if it fits you, David. Make sure it's going to fit you right before you go into battle. David said, you know what? I'm not looking at this thing the way y'all are. I'm not going to measure up the way y'all think everything's supposed to work. The world says that I've got to wear armor to go into battle, and I've got to do this, that, and the other. But he said, I'm going in the name of the Lord. And that's all it takes when you decide that, hey, I can't do this on my own anymore, but I'm going out in the name of the Lord. No, no, no demon, no giant, nothing is too big or too great for you and God. Before long, we start to measure God. God hadn't showed up yet. I've been crying out to Him. God... It's the third song of the service. Your spirit should be in here already. We measure everything in this world. And before long, we start looking at God saying, does that really measure up? Well, I ask you tonight, how do you measure as far as the east is from the west? How do you measure from everlasting to everlasting? How do you measure from glory to glory? My tape measure doesn't go that far. And when we realize that, you know what, it's not about my ability but his, then we can see miracles in the church. You know what? There's so many books about church growth and this, that, and the other. I've got the secret. i figured it out. If you want to see a church grow, you go find the nastiest sinner you can find and see them get saved and baptized in Jesus' name. You know why? Because they're not going to keep it to themselves. They're not going to keep it to themselves. Too many times we come to church and we get so seasoned and we get so so used to getting everything measured that it's just... We're comfortable. But you get somebody who's in the darkest, dirtiest mire of clay, who's just filled with sin and filth, when they get saved and they get filled with His Spirit, they're not going to be able to contain it. That measurement, that measuring tape's going to be thrown out the window, and they're going to share the news. You're never going to be able to figure it out. It's immeasurable. you just got to believe it. James 19 and 20, two, James chapter 2, 19 and 20. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? If all you do is believe, you're on the same playing field as the devil. You're no higher than him. It says even the devils believe. If all you do is believe, Lord, I believe you're going to heal me. Lord, I believe you're going to do this. Faith without works is dead. If you are just going to believe, you're you're in the same pit as the devil. You are saved by believing and then acting on that belief by following Acts two thirty eight salvation plan. It's not about us and what we can do. It's all about how big he is. Scripture says the fullness of the Godhead. It's all in who? In Paul? In Pastor? It's all in him. The fullness. The fullness. I think people don't realize what that means the fullness of the Godhead. We're oneness people, the fullness. It's all in him, not just some of it, not just for when I'm feeling sick, the fullness, my salvation, my healing, my belief, my doctrine, my everything is in him, in him alone. Colossians 1:16 and 17. "For by him we were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him. I wasn't there to help him, neither were you. All things were created by him. Yeah. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Yes, John 1, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. The Pharisees and the Sadducees said, Hey, this Jesus doesn't add up. He's claiming to be this, that, and the other. But John saw something different. He saw beyond the end of the tape measure and said, This is the one that comes to take away the sin of the world. The lambs and the bulls, all they're going to do is push it back a little bit. He's coming to take it all. His His perfect blood. His sinless blood. How can you measure his love and his power? How can you measure that? How can you measure a love that says, you know what? They don't deserve it, but I'm going to die on his cross for them. How can you measure power that says, my blood is good enough to cleanse all the sins of the world? How can you measure that? How can you put a price on that? one of my favorite songs. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and, 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 and that he, that he what? Has done for me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done, not what He's going to do tomorrow, not what He's going to do this afternoon, but all that He's done, that's all I need, is to think about what He's already done. When I think of all that He's done, we all talk about blessings and wanting them, but I just need to take one minute and turn around and look back at my life and see all that He has already done. When I think of that, my soul cries out hallelujah. It doesn't matter what tomorrow's going to bring, but I'm looking beyond where I was yesterday to say, you know what, a few years ago I was going through this. He brought me through that. A few years ago I did this, but He was right there with me. Right. We're so caught up in living in the now, we won't, we won't, we won't. We just need to stop and turn around and look at all that He's already done. He died on the cross. He's not still dying on the cross. That blood's still flowing. That's in the past. When we go back and look and see, God, all that you've done for me. Amen. One thing God doesn't do. He doesn't come running when there's a pity party. Oh. I'm going through a lot of stuff, Brother Paul. I'm not saying you're not. I've been through some stuff. Some of y'all have been through a lot more than I have, and I'm not taking anything away from that. God does not come running to a pity party. Prove it. Job 3 and 3, Let the day perish wherein I was born. I think we can all admit Job went through some stuff. Tell me something he didn't lose. And on top of it, what did his friends say? What are you doing wrong? You must have sinned. You've done something. You've messed up Job. God wouldn't do this to you. So Job let that get into his head. And he started pity party. Woe is me. Woe is me. Oh, I wish I would have never been born God. Well, what did God say to him in chapter 38? Verse 4, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare it thou hast understanding. God said, you know what, Job? It's time to put on your big boy britches for a minute and just let me wear you out for a little bit to prove a point. I know this is horrible and it hurts, but it's not about you. It's time for you to just sit back and just take this like a man and quit crying and whining about it. I'm in control. I've never forsake you yet, so quit your belly aching and just sit there and take it. Nobody likes to hear that. God, I want blessings. I don't want to have to go through some stuff. But if we truly trust Him, we can say, You know what, God, this hurts, and I don't understand it, and it don't measure up, and it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to praise you anyway. Well, we can get past the point of where we need something and where we want something, and we can get past that point and get to a place of praise and say, God, You're still God. That's all that I know. I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know why I'm going through all this. I don't know why I hurt so much, but You're still God. God and you're in control and you know what your goodness endureth forever your mercy endureth forever God is not about me I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold you might strike me dead but you're still God you're still God you're still in control here's a news flash life hurts sometimes but when we get to the point and say you know what I don't care that it hurts you're still God When I think of your goodness and all that you've done for me, I'm going to cry hallelujah. When I feel like nobody else cares and knows what I'm going through, I'm going to cry hallelujah. Glory. And I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do. I've been through some things. Like I said, I, I know people have been through things worse than I have. It's easy to say it, but when you're going through some stuff to stop for a second and say, wait a minute, Paul, get out of your little pity party. God's not listening for that. God's listening for the person that says, you know what? I see nothing but evil and just torment around me, but God, you're in control and I praise you. Then we go to Job chapter 42, and what happens? Verse 12, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning the Lord smacked Job around a little bit and said you know what boy this ain't about you this isn't about you there's going to be some people at Christ Family Church going to read about you one of these days they're going to need a little bit of encouragement there's going to be some people they're going to be going through some stuff they need a little encouragement it's not about you Pull your britches up. Deal with it. And once he did, and he said, you know what, God? You're in control. What did God do? When his praises went up, what came down? His blessings. If we can get to the point where we just are past measuring everything. God, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. I don't understand all this, God. You said it would be like this, and I heard it was going to be like that. And, And I thought when I got the Holy Ghost that I'd have this power to do everything. Yeah, you've got the power. But that power is to endure also. We're in a race, and it's not just to win for the fastest person. It's to endure. The Lord says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you, to give you an unexpected end. Yeah. Job, this hurts. It's painful. But I've got good thoughts for you. If you would just endure. Just keep enduring. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Everybody's telling you just curse me and die just keep on keeping on don't complain just bend and g- just grin and bear it just keep on keeping on Amen. his grace and his power is so immeasurable if we can just get out of the tape measure mentality and get past of what we see and what we believe he's stronger to break any addiction any addiction sure. any addiction Disease, sickness, cancer, all these are just words. He's stronger. He's stronger than any of this. If someone could just be with me tonight and say, you know what? God, I can't measure a miracle. I can't make it make sense, but you've got the power and I'm going to trust you. We would have the musicians come. I told you I wasn't going to stay very long. We've got to get to the point where we're saying, God, it's not about me anymore. It's not about how big I can, I can do things or how I can manipulate people and do this, that, and the other. It's all about you and your power and your grace. Like I was saying, when Brother Carl was in the hospital, a piece came in that room. I couldn't explain it. I knew what it was. I knew it was God's Spirit. I couldn't explain what happened. I could just tell you when God's peace flowed into that room, the atmosphere changed. It was a place of worship. And once you get to that place of worship where it doesn't matter how bad things are or how bad you're feeling, God can do some miraculous things. Our son Nathan man of God prophesied over us and said, God's about to do a quick work for you. Had no idea what he was talking about. We got a call on a Monday. We picked him up on a Wednesday. When God does miraculous things, it doesn't make sense. And that's how you know it was God. Because if it made any kind of sense, man would try to take glory for it. He would stop for a second and be like, you know what? I think I had a little bit of power to do with that when people get healed when nobody's around them because somebody might have been there and said, you know what, my hand was on them when they got healed. Man wants to take glory for everything. Well, they they got filled with the Holy Ghost while I was preaching. Had a a minister told us one time, he said, he preached a sermon, and he was leaving, and he was with his uncle a very, very well-known preacher. And he said, he told his uncle, he said, I did horrible tonight. I just fell flat on my face on that sermon. He said, his uncle turned around and said, I rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. He was young. He felt about that tall. Couldn't say nothing. Later that day, he got home. He said, why would you rebuke me? He said, because a man that thinks that he had something to do with it when it didn't go well, his head's going to blow up as soon as it does go well. The minute you think that you've got some some part in God's miraculous, I'm not saying you can't pray and you can't fast, but when it all comes down to it, it's through His power and through His name. I can get His attention. I can pray and I can fast and I can seek Him, but it's all through His power and through His name when we really realize that, that we have, we're, we're just like ants, just in a little bitty, we're just nothing. And He has all power. When we can come to that realization that, God, you're in complete control. I can't do anything without you. And I'm not going to try figuring out why, why you're doing what you're doing. I'm going to praise you anyway. When we can get to that point, nothing can be measured. If y'all would, let's stand tonight. I know there's people in here that, that, that have issues. If you would, please, just, if you, you got any kind of need tonight, please come to the altar. It's not about, well, I sinned or I did this wrong or that. This is a place of restoration. This is a place of healing because he's in the house, not because of what I've done our pastor, our worship team, it's because His Spirit is here. And when His Spirit is here, anything is possible. We just call on His name. His name.